0: Chops TV. You will be chopped. You know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Back on Chops TV. Another week, another episode, and we're gonna jump back into something that we had done the first two episodes of a new season of television, and now two more weeks have gone by. So usually, when that happens, two more episodes go by, and a lot has happened on Succession since we last checked in on it.
1: Bro, I thought we were starting.
0: No, in the nineties. Succession.
1: God, see now you got me all messed up. All right, okay, let me pivot. Okay, so now you're ready. I'm there.
0: Okay. And yeah, well, I threw you a curveball. You thought you were just going to come in here and that it was going to be Connor's wedding. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call boom, and boom, something very different is happening. And that's how we all experienced it. Because that's the funniest part about going into that episode three of Succession is. Spoilers. I mean, yeah, spoilers, obviously. I do agree with what most people are saying. that, like, yeah, I mean, like it made sense that like. Logan was going to die at some point. That kind of seemed, you know, it's called Succession. It's it's all about the kids and their relationship with their father and all this stuff. Okay, okay. But going into that episode, especially as much as they had leaned into the comedy in the first two episodes, and the show has always been funny, but they have really leaned into it in those first two episodes, that you thought you were going to get, a, I, I thought at least, a really silly Connor's wedding episode with oh, just yeah. shenanigans going on and stupid things and Roman says inappropriate things at the... Well, for him, I guess, right time. How do you judge some things Roman says? But either way, you don't get that. They get a call from Tom. And that's, I I mean, like I said, it's not the biggest surprise in the world. But when Shiv ignored a call from Tom and then Roman had just got his dad's voicemail Mm -hmm. and then Tom called Roman, it was like, oh, something big is happening. Something, yeah.
1: And in that first episode, they've established that Tom and Shiv are are having conversations but it's very um very what's the word I'm looking for contentious
0: strained Sh-
1: strained uh very very they're on the outs if you will mm-hmm. um so of course she's kind of just going to ignore it because she doesn't want to deal with it um and
0: she knows that they are off you know uh, because they're of succession Matt's they're, they're yeah. fucking off going doing something else and Hold on it's a like, second. But it's a very important day where they should be here or at least Logan yeah. should be there.
1: And and I, I always thought that this episode was going to be um, something important was going to happen because something always happens at the weddings that sort of shifts the dynamics of the group. Mm -hmm. to you know whichever way but it always is like a shifting point on hbo actually that's just a thing i'm never going to like a wedding again and not expecting some shit to pop off
0: i mean well they're big events where everybody gets to be there and this is from a television standpoint but also yeah you're right just like in general like a lot of stuff going on and especially
1: for characters too like I, I mean, obviously, I'm alluding to Game of Thrones, but in Succession also, where it is an ensemble cast, but we rarely get to see the cast ensembled. <laughs> <laughs> ensembled. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's how that works. Assembled. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, with Succession, they have done a better job this season, and because we know it's wrapping up and everything, that they have been together a lot more.
1: It feels like, especially
0: because the kids are working together now, but now you'll never see all of them together because Logan is dead. And going through that with the kids, I thought the most interesting thing of the episode, um, and it's funny because we're talking about how it all hinges around the wedding or lack thereof or lack. I mean, it did happen, but not really. Like, it was very, very odd how how that went on. But that was like kind of going on that the reaction of the three kids was very different. So you had... Kendall, who was pretty quick to get on the well, what are we gonna do business wise? What somebody has to be thinking about this. We we need well, to go through that. Like once they got through the initial shock
1: yeah. of it. They
0: they were in different spots because uh Roman then remained in denial for a pretty long yeah. period of time. Shiv seemed to like actually like the you know who knows if that's real psychology or? But the stages of grief and all that stuff. She seemed to be the one who was like almost kind of going through that in real time mm-hmm. during the episode, and then Connor was more or less, I mean, definitely sad and broken up about it, but also just like, they well, never liked me anyways.
1: Well, I think Shiv, um, Shiv was the most like realistic about like what was happening in the situation and like you were saying like she got to the acceptance part first but where like Roman was sort of in denial like maybe it's a test maybe maybe this is another one of dad's tests like Kendall Kendall um is like the one who's like on the phone being the guy who's like put me on the phone with the pilot get the best doctors in the world like the best
0: heart doctor in the world yeah and then when even when he gets to like when he has accepted it it's not from an emotional standpoint it's the we'll just get a a funeral off the rack reagan's with some tweaks and like he's still like kind of handling the business side of even the the funeral procession and that yeah so that was really interesting and Roman's, too, was I felt like, and maybe you go through it, you can kind of relate to how you felt while watching it with any of the characters, but Roman was the one that I felt a little bit the closest to. One, I did think he was wrong, but also, until they were taking his body off the the plane there on the on the tarmac, mm-hmm. it was like, is he just going to, like wake up? Is he going to be like in a coma? Like what's actually going to happen? Because Logan Roy has just loomed over everything for so long. that you're like, they're not just going to kill him basically off screen. I mean, you were in the plane, but they really never showed him getting the chest compressions. They frame that in certain ways. And you had this final scene with him when he was getting, you know, getting to the, the airport and everything. And that was the, the last you saw of Logan Roy. I did also hope and this is in a stupid way, but I wanted it, when they said, I think it was, what's her name? Carolina, right? She's like, how are we gonna get him off the plane? And immediately I was like, you got a weekend at Bernie's it. You gotta throw (laughs) some sunglasses on him, and you just, Tom and Frank can can be walking with him with his arms (laughs) around their shoulders. That's how they should have gotten him off the plane, but I don't know, I'm a sucker for the classics.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's a great way to send off the character just because it really does like show how how like immune or immortal he really thinks he is and like his own hubris like that first episode we're really spending a lot of time with logan like going through the motions of like his birthday party and talking about like what's gonna happen when you die and all that stuff because he is sort of um you know he's like mourning the relationship that he has with his kids now that is probably well for now like irreparably damaged um so he's going through all that and like the people that you should be with aren't with you on like one of like the big days of your life and then he decides to skip like probably the most important day of his son's life and if that ha- if that situation had happened with his son he would have been with his family instead he's in a air- airplane bathroom
0: even though he's yeah he's sort of contemplating how he wants to reconnect with his kids and not everything but still choosing the business choices over the emotional choices with those kids and it
1: would uh, it's always going to be that way it always was that way so even and- Yeah, Kendall even goes, like, I can't forgive you, but, like, I love you.
0: Right. Because he's
1: not going to change. He knows that.
0: And then Roman, who is the one who still, like, remained closest with him through all of this, is the one that can't say I love you as he's maybe hearing them. We don't know. We'll never be able to confirm that. But as Tom said, he's like, if he can hear, he can hear you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we don't know. It's also interesting, like, metaphorically, that he's in a plane when this all happens. Like he's still looming over (laughs) everybody because that's not just for the family and the characters in the show, but because of the influence that billionaires have, especially ones that own media conglomerates. Like they are, they're always looming over. And then Roman points that out as they're there at the airport at right after they made the announcement of their, their dad dying Shiv leads out, which is interesting, which kind of comes looking at that in the, in the next episode. But he, he, Looks at the you know the stock immediately dropped and he's like well there's dad yep. for you right there. It was great. It was a great hour of television. One of oh, the best yeah. episodes of TV I've seen in years. They're they're
1: they're gonna be Emmys galore mm-hmm. for the actors in the show. It's gonna be one of those actors races where I think they all kind of shoot themselves in the foot for best supporting. Again, that's usually what happens with with succession shows like you know Thrones and stuff.
0: Yeah. What is the and then like what is the like threshold to be lead actor in anything like that? As you mentioned, such an ensemble cast. Yeah. Here that I'm not sure if any of them fully qualify as lead or if they're all mm-hmm. supporting or how that works. And then it's also up to you know people to put you up. Yeah. In categories and we'll see how what the rest do of the season
1: shakes out. But it might be better to have like at least Jeremy Strong do lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then.
0: And that seems to be the way they've uh, they've sort of, you know, because you can have the co-lead for sure. And like that seems to be the way they even marketed like this season with the run up with Mm -hmm. it was always Logan or it was always Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong talking about the show. And then they were we we talked about that on a previous episode where they were trading barbs about the method acting and whether or not it's a crock of shit or something Mm -hmm. that is valuable and then it just made so much sense for their characters that they were doing this in real life, also while talking about method acting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Jeremy Strong, as we see too, with what his position might be, that mm-hmm. he might be somebody, especially with Logan gone, that could, yeah, fall into that role. Uh, one big thing too with this uh, third episode where Logan's dying is, and I, I think we both felt this a little bit in the moment, but then seeing that like behind the scenes stuff they do at the end where it was like, this is, there's something about the flow of this that did feel like a wonner. I knew there were cuts in mm-hmm. there. You know, I still saw them, but I was just like, there's something about it. And then they talk about it where they were, what are they saying? They were hiding canisters of film around the set yeah. so they could switch it out in time. And they basically, it, it was essentially an act of a play. It was like 28 minutes of these people all acting on, I mean, and in an environment like that, like obviously the background actors know what to do, but you're on them boat
1: yeah like that's not, There's the not most, a lot of space
0: it's not a controlled and, area yeah. sound wise even like just to be able to get that and make it work and splice it together
1: and manage right. to capture the moments like like kendall and shiv like holding hands or holding fingers you know like subtle things like that where it takes like a lot of rehearsal to get that right so that you get it on the film and you know keep that shot going
0: yeah and then talking about like the background actors the the scene where Kendall has to go find Shiv yeah and walking through all that and just being able to pull that off with you've got you know just ghost face Kendall walking through and then Shiv has to Go from that like classic Roy aloofness to like oh no this is something yeah serious immediately mm-hmm.
1: and and you sort of like anyone who's ever experienced something like that where like you're getting like really like hard devastating news from someone close in, in to an you unexpected
0: way yeah through. you
1: like you immediately like sense that tone and like almost like a shift in the atmosphere it feels like where just like a coldness comes over you and you're like, God, I'm about to get really bad news. And you felt that with them. It was really incredible.
0: Yeah, and like I said, you had the same thing with Roman, the way he answered the call. Yep. I don't know what the insult was, but it was some sort of insult thrown at Tom. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was like they, oh, nope, this is different than mm-hmm. a normal, a normal call from Tom. So Logan's dead. His impact is this much of a stock drop and you have to move forward in this world, because the business doesn't stop, and it makes uh Madsen's um position really interesting because Logan was going there to make final negotiations mm-hmm. and, and figure that out, and now that's been put slightly on the back burner, but like it's not going to wait around forever, and it's already been something that's contentious. So, seeing how that moves forward will be well,
1: I mean. They were going to try to push him, right? So arguably, Logan was the one who got the deal done in the first place. And Madsen was like, if you if you try to push, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So, And
0: then he reiterated that to Kendall in that phone correct. call in episode one or two. Episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the Pierce thing is still going on. But now, after we see everything that happens in in this fourth episode, well, who are they... <laughs> They just bid against themselves, essentially.
1: Essentially. <laughs> Up to
0: $10 billion. Uh, but yeah, you've got... At first, I wasn't sure if, the, if if that was awake or if it was the like precursor to a funeral mm-hmm. form or anything as that episode unfolded um, on Sunday night. But then you realize it's sort of a it's, will
1: reading. It's the next day.
0: Yeah. But they're like, we have to get this all figured out. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the official will reading, but that it has a, it has a similar feel to that. Yeah. What are his wishes? What should we do that are and best I, for him? And
1: I like that Carolina, who um, is in The Count of Monte Cristo, who whispers the whole time. I I, I really like her performance. I think she's very compelling. I was like this head of PR, but it's interesting how she's sort of taking on the mantle of like settling like the family affairs in which like like a like the widow would usually do or like one of like Kendall would do that. But no, because it's primarily a business head of PR is going to handle like making sure that um, that Frank understands that he is the executor and all that stuff.
0: Well, and then like the closest thing uh, Logan has to a widow who has not been around a lot, has seen this as an opportunity to get back in
1: Marcia, Marcia, Marza, something like that
0: something yeah um and then her her, uh her interactions there with carrie were very interesting as she is just any position she had gone she is just another person on the street now getting sent out through the back Mm -hmm. door that you are not involved in these conversations anymore and
1: and i forget how how like brutal she was to even like shiv even like the kids when it was um you know when the votes and stuff were interfering with her and her son and like what they would get out of a divorce situation or a separation or whatever Mm -hmm. she was cold-blooded and i forgot because like we have like a year and a half in between these seasons and so much happens in each season that i kind of just forgot about her character altogether
0: you're talking about uh the older yes. one, not Carrie. Yeah. not
1: Carrie. Not Carrie, not Carrie. It's like Marsha or something. M- it's like, it's something with the, I don't know. Yeah. Portia? No, it's with an M. Morsha? <laughs> no? Morsha? No. Borsha?
0: <laughs> just keep going. It's, <laughs> it's something in that realm. But yeah, she has uh, just found a way to wiggle back then. And the kids have so much else going on that they're like, well, okay, we just have to plan this. And then. I guess Connor sees it as an opportunity to just get his hands on something he's always wanted. (laughs) Who knows if that's a binding agreement, but just
1: also also weird for like you and your new wife to move into your recently deceased, as far as as soon as like twenty four hours deceased dad's apartment.
0: He likes the apartment.
1: He likes the the property value of the apartment. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so that's even what, that's even,
1: what, even Connor, who has no money I'm using air quotes mm-hmm. no money decides that he can afford sixty seven million dollars for this. Yeah, well, uh, apartment.
0: It, it was sixty three. It was between sixty and seventy, uh, and he just said sixty three. And she's like, Yeah, I think we could do that. And yeah, just like you're right chic. with the no money part, but like the nonchalance of just like I think I can do sixty three. Yeah. Okay, and she go Yeah, that, that should be good enough. All right, guys, uh, and he's still on the outside looking in with the siblings. Um, that so really, that really. They, they always throw him out of the room.
1: That fucked me up when, when it, we, they were at his wedding. All this, these phone calls are happening, like last goodbyes and stuff like that, and no one can be bothered to get Connor. They're like, get Shiv, get Shiv, and no one ever thinks about Connor.
0: Yeah, and then they the
1: black sheep, poor Connor.
0: So then they do eventually go. Oh yeah, we should go get Connor. That's on the boat. But then in that in this uh, most recent episode, they are trying to have a conversation as the the three main siblings there, and they do this. They they always do it to Connor. Can we have the room?
1: Yep. Can we have the room, guys?
0: And he he, he totally like accepts it at this point. Yeah. But it's just so like I don't know, guys. It feels like maybe he could be in some of these conversations, but no. they just do not. They do not treat him as an equal. In this sense, and this is talking about, well, who's going well, to be leading this company now?
1: Well, the one time that they do in episode two, he immediately rats on them to Logan and tells them their True. location. So, like, so, keep yeah. him out for a reason. I
0: <laughs> guess they, they learn their lesson there. So then you've got the two factions. You've got the kids, and then you've got the old guard of the, the business... Associates of Logan that were at the top, yeah, or near the top, going through it. Is is Jerry going to take over? Is Frank going to take over? What's the other one? Carl. Carl.
1: Fuck is, Carl.
0: Yeah, isn't Carl the Carl's the CFO? Of, yeah, but Carl's one of the like executives in Billy Madison too. He is. No, he steals his shirt from Carl. Is that what it is? What? I mean,
1: there's a lot going on. I'm just in think, your brain. I guess. Yeah, clearly.
0: So you've got that group, and then uh, Frank finds a letter in well, Logan's personal setting. So, you,
1: so you've got those two groups, and then you've got Tom and Greg somewhere in the middle.
0: Which Greg in this episode is hilarious because, especially with Tom, more, at least for the most of the episode, more with the group of a higher-level executives trying to figure out what they're going to do, Greg doesn't know who to talk to or what mm-hmm. to say to anybody, and he doesn't. He doesn't even know where to stand. He's like yeah. Ricky Bobby. I don't know even know what to do with my hands right now. But then immediately, once Tom is kind of ousted from that that group and the big high level discussions, him and Greg are just trading mm-hmm. little jokes about Logan while the guy who's going to most likely be president in a week yep. is giving a speech and it's like right back to where they belong just well, being little chuckle fucks talking back and forth.
1: It's interesting how how once Tom understands like his like low position on the totem pole with um all those like veteran guys it it's interesting how he immediately shifts into what is comfortable for him and what he knows which is being um like Shiv's support system. Mm-hmm. So um she's obviously like having a moment and then they they come together and it was hard to read in the moment of like is this is this like a manipulation? Is this a comfort tactic like um is he sort of like looking for I I don't know. Is he trying to reach out in a way, too? But
0: I think sometimes at the end of the day, Tom is just the most human and nicest of any of them. And that's the big part. And that's why he can't actually move up because they're all so cutthroat. Yeah. And every once in a while, he just gives out this stuff. Now, yeah, he and Greg are always going back and forth saying ridiculous things as the disgusting brothers are are known to do, but mm-hmm. I think when he says those things, it's some of the only true earnest moments you get from any of the characters yeah. interacting in this show. Everybody else is just always so mean and always shrouded in what they really mean versus what they really want, and Tom is like the only person who will just be nice to somebody in the moment.
1: Yeah, and apologize. Yeah. Tom does apologize.
0: Those other... Logan well, did?
1: He well, got ultimately, one in. Ultimately, I think Tom's, Tom's like, real desire and motivation is, of course, to have, like, power and wealth and stuff. Those things are attractive to him. But he needs those to become, like, more of a man for the woman in his life, in which, in this case, is Siobhan. Like, he wants to be equals. That's why he wants the, those things. Other characters in the show, I think their motivations are um, less genuine.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the... When Frank and Carl are sitting there, and then even uh, Jerry comes in, and this is when we get introduced to the the letter that's not quite a will, but just a um, something that a Logan had to, may have written down that said what some of his wishes would be in the event of his passing, and they're. They're joking, but they're only joking it because they don't want to be implicated in a sense that if it did just fall into the toilet and disappear, I guess nobody besides us would really know about that. So that's maybe something we could do. So with the letter, the biggest question is, and we're just going to answer it here, what is your gut instinct crossed out or underlined, Kendall's name?
1: So during work when I had a few free minutes, I saw a notepad that I had previously written notes on. And then I started to underline things. Just to see the path that my pen took naturally.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: I want to say it's an underline.
0: I think it's an underline, too.
1: However, it's obviously supposed to be ambiguous. And that's more of like Logan casting a shadow over the rest of the season. And Kendall's insecurities, essentially for the rest of his life, he's going to be thinking, is that underline or is it crossed out? And leave it to one of his siblings to say, looks crossed out to me. Yes.
0: (laughs) and there were other, yeah, there were other little scribbles on there, or anything. But that's why Eileen underline is because he didn't write anything; he just crossed it out. Yeah. In which that is just a an unfinished sentence at that point. And so why would he even keep the letter at all yeah. in, in that instance? Was he because he can't uncross it out after? But Eileen so underline.
1: Everyone's trying to piece together. Um, the timing of the different scribbles on the note, just to establish a timeline of like, well, if it happened here, and then you know, if the edits were made here, and you were trying to send him to prison, and all this stuff. So it's obviously an underline, but or it's obviously crossed out. And right. Very, it, very interesting. Like
0: I'm trying to figure out the original possible date of yeah. of when he drafted this, and then also the the best. I mean, the underline is, the underline or cross out is the most important thing, but the best part of it is Greg question mark, and they're like, you're just written in the margins. There's really no other information to it. You were just there. And he's like, well, if he had underlined Kendall. Hey,
1: still something. That would
0: mean that I'm maybe <laughs> number two. Number two.
1: And Frank just laughs at his face. <laughs> you dumb bitch.
0: <laughs> so no, I don't think Greg's going to be number two, but I would, I would like to know why Greg question mark. I like... Romans theory might be best. He wrote it down just to remember your name, <laughs> just to make sure it's, it's written somewhere. So,
1: well, so um, it's really interesting what, like, a single line of not dialogue, just like a note on a piece of paper really, again, shifts the dynamics of the relationship between the siblings immediately. Immediately, it's, oh, dad somehow is favored. Someone from the afterlife, and now we must now vie for our dead father's approval or attention somehow, and
0: which is what they've always been doing. But now he's dead, and there's there's really no way to clarify yep. it.
1: And then Shiv now feels slighted,
0: and even in his death, as he was already beginning to do in the karaoke scene episode, he is already breaking apart with minimal effort the yep. the holy trinity of of those three kids a very and their very team fragile
1: up. alliance
0: yes and even like even in their their moment where they are in that room and they're trying to discuss like moving forward what will we suggest because we have to do something they do I. I don't really, I mean, I get it a little bit, but like the difference between like going all three of us versus going two of us, like it's still like usually a single person position. Yeah. So the fact that they like go through it where they're all three saying, no, it should be me or like, I don't think it should just be you or anything. And something changes where Kendall and Roman have an unspoken agreement in that conversation where they just go, well, I guess it'll just be both of us. And she was like, whoa, what the hell? I,
1: I feel incredibly bad for Siobhan. Not, I don't feel bad because they're rich, but I feel, I feel like this certain sense of like impending doom and like a self-fulfilling prophecy because there are two paths, right? There's path one where Shiv says, don't fuck me on this. And Kendall says, we're not going to fuck you. Rome says, we're not going to fuck you. And then she gets fucked by them. The second path is they fully intend not to fuck her. And then she ends up fucking herself. With, with a deal with Matson or yeah. something with the Pierce uh, well, and negotiations then she's already, or...
0: She's already, like, completing that prophecy because they wouldn't say it out loud to her, but she's like, I know what this is. I know this is because I'm the girl and you guys are the men and that's how it's always worked in this world and everything. And they're like, no, 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 that's that's not the case, but it's definitely part of the case. And then to be... I, I, I'm not saying it was the worst thing. They're obviously in a very emotional state, but, like the optics of like quote unquote hysterical woman. And then she's, she's kind of holding back tears after the decision is made. And then oh, she yeah. trips and it's like oh the weak girl, like that stuff's going to be. And like, I can just tell from her character that she just knows that like, that's just the worst thing. And then she, then she kind of has the outburst where she tells the guy to stop fucking smiling. And it's just, she already was aware of that being a perception mm-hmm. that can be there. And then for that to go like that right yeah. after they decided to Roman and Kendall, yeah, well, even, I know that's just gonna destroy her even more. Even
1: in season three when um she at the time is really um f- is really in like the favored position, mm. um, she she cracks under the pressure of that, um, in those like initial Pierce negoc- negotiations. So like it happening this time compounded with the fact that her father's not there and she's very I mean, she's pregnant right like that's what is alluded to with yeah. that phone conversation in, in the immediate and <sighs> but she feel. also
0: didn't try to send her dad to jail or send her dad a uh genitalia pic yeah in a meeting and so
1: and here's here's the gag the gag of it all is when the real hard moments come siobhan is the one that they push forward when they have to make a press release to the media, she's the one that goes up there and does the hard thing. Yeah. So, fuck fuck Kendall and Roman for that, honestly.
0: And Kendall and Roman also immediately after that won't do the hard thing to make their current position easier Mm -hmm. by trying to throw any bit of shade about what their dad was doing in the last year of his life or so. And they're like, oh, we're not gonna run him through the mud, we're not gonna do anything that says like oh we were actually kind of already controlling the strings behind the scenes but he was such a figurehead that he was he was still up there and it's like well i understand that it's such a hard time for you guys but they're saying this to you because it's going to make your job at the top of this easier Mm -hmm. right now it's going to make this transition easier and you're in with the whole Matson thing you're in the middle of a big part of this This isn't just taking over business as usual going on with with uh Roy star waco right yeah I always want to flip the
1: way star Royco yeah
0: I was. see I always want to flip them <laughs> for some reason but uh and they're they're like oh no we're we're not gonna do that and then also it's going to come up and probably going to be at least something Kendall has to deal with the other PR guy telling him that his daughter sold a bunch of stock
1: oh yeah in the, insider in trading yeah, yeah
0: and that's oh, well, you just had a conversation right before you were named CEO about it. And yeah, that's going to be something.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's funny because, again, with a single marking of a pen, um, it really shapes like the rest of the season as far as like characters, like intentions, because Kendall then does like, not the worst thing that he's ever done to one of his siblings, but like, he immediately undermines mm-hmm. what Roman and him agreed upon, which is to say, look, run this, run the smear campaign, keep it on the down low, though. Like you're not gonna get anything signed off, and I'm gonna use this uh, leverage against you. But it's something that I think he he thinks that his dad would have done after taking that long look in the mirror, and Logan saying like you're not a killer like you're not you you can't hack it you're never going to be ready for this i think that's him trying to like be like his dad which like you just like should not be like logan roy
0: and that fracturing with everything going on where there's already the kids not getting along or at least not being on the same page clearly there's groups of people at the top of this even though roman and Kendall are in charge they're not all seeing eye to eye with this decision but they had to do something and move forward with this that um I would guess the Matson deal doesn't go through, and it's a real big issue for the company. And I would assume it position. somehow
1: all falls apart. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how. Like this. This ending does not end up in like a and like a tragic right. Way. And
0: like basically, you're at a point for them, where they're
1: all rich. So again, I don't okay. give a fuck. Yeah. So but like Logan will never
0: be succeeded. Correct. It's been called succession, and it's been the process of getting there, and it's never actually going to happen.
1: It kind of reminds me of Charlemagne. You know Charlemagne. The great.
0: Not the god.
1: 800. Not the god. Also great. (laughs) No. Charlemagne. Um, He is alive for so long and builds this empire, and... um, does not pick a one successor. He ends up dividing it amongst his children, and then um the children squabble and fight, and then it kind of just all falls apart until they become all separate kingdoms or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I get the feeling that it's going to end up something like that where they they try yeah. and they fail.
0: And then we get our Tom and Greg run ATN spinoff, which is what really the most important thing yeah. to me.
1: As much as you can fail with a hundred million dollars.
0: Yeah, 100000000 hundred million. They've got more than that.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of it, they'll, after losing billions of dollars, okay. they still yeah. probably have a hundred million dollars.
0: <laughs> even who knows? The numbers are so ridiculous that it doesn't even mean anything. When they're when they're like, can we do? They're like, we. What, when they're going through the negotiation with Pierce, it's like, oh, can we get to seven? And then they just go to ten anyways. Yeah. And because it's, it's all. The, once you have that much money. It's all there. Yeah. It How, feels like
1: I'm interested to see what happens with this, um with like the presidential race. Yeah. Like I wonder if I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like what are they gonna tackle first? Like is it gonna be a, obviously it's gonna be the Madsen deal because they're putting like a urgency behind that plot line. But also like the longer looming thing is the presidential election and then like the fight in the media. So is it gonna be siblings on the Pierce side versus the ATN conservative side. Like, I don't know. It's very interesting. A lot of ways to go. I'm very excited for the rest of the season.
0: Yes. And we're about halfway through here. So they've already hit a couple episodes out of the park. So very excited to see what they do with the rest of it. Also very excited. Big birthday coming up in a few days.
1: Kendall killed a kid.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm talking about,
1: no, no, yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> is that ever going to come out? Are they ever going to use that against them?
1: I mean, he told them guys were in jeans.
0: It's true.
1: Okay, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, well, you had this idea because my birthday's coming up and I'm turning thirty, which yeah. is kind of a big birthday. So
1: I'm, I'm so here's a here's the thing, guys. Let me let me give you a little hint, mm. a little clue into me. I'm like really cute. I'm cute as fuck. Okay. So I was like. It's a podcast for Mark's 30th birthday. Like, what's he want to talk about? We'll make it fun for him, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm so cute and fun, right? Yeah. So it was like 1993. What movies came out in 1993? Turns out all of Mark's favorite movies came out the year he was born. So I figured uh, we just chop it up. So I'll like say some movies from 1993. And then uh, I want to get your... your impressions about them and then i want you to grade them like you would in chops movie review
0: am i grading am i ranking or grading
1: is that different
0: well cuz ranking means that one has to be in front of the other whereas oh, when grading there can right. be multiple a's and multiple b's no
1: you're so right on. we'll rank them cuz that's more fun okay. i like
0: is it like a 10 i like losers
1: to... we we'll, we want someone to lose okay. at the end of the day so
0: what i'll do is i'll i'll start scrubbing them a little bit. So, like, yeah. I'll put the first one in there and give an idea of where where I would have it at. But yeah. then, ooh, will the next one be ahead of it, and where will it slot at? I'll
1: give you like I'll give you two or three from each of these, like um, how Google has them separated out. So, comedies, music movies, horror movies, action movies, friendship okay. movies, romantic movies, indie movies. Yeah, and then we'll rank them out. All right. Okay. Let's start. Uh, I guess we'll just start from the top because Google Google told me to. Uh Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: I do like Mrs. Doubtfire. I love me some Robin Williams. Man, that's a that's a tough one to to throw out there. I would say I Mrs. Know. Doubtfire is based on the fact that you told me about this, so I kind of looked into some of the other movies. I'm going to say it's going to end up being a little bit middle of the pack but above probably the halfway point where I would rank Mrs. Doubtfire. What I I like I said, love Robin Williams, the I can still hear because it was in a preview in one of the movies I had on VHS as a kid where he stands up with the cream all over his face. The hello. That I can hear that in (laughs) my head. That is a. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I not sound like Robin Williams trying to sound like an old British woman enough for you?
1: Okay, so do you want. I'm just going to skip that. What you just said. Uh, Do you want like a like a romantic comedy movie or do you want like sports comedy?
0: Romantic comedy.
1: I was hoping you'd Is Mrs. Course.
0: Doubtfire a rom-com? So, nah, I would argue no. It's a it's actually a a leaning comedy family drama is what it really is if you think about it.
1: Hmm. Well, so okay. They used so, to love
0: the courtroom divorce drama in the '90s.
1: I I know. I made a rule for myself that I wouldn't do like sequels, 1993 sequels, or else I would have said the Sister Act two, which is far superior than the Sister Act one, and that's like that's not even debatable. Fuck out of here with that.
0: I've got no opinion on the sister act movies. So
1: I guess I'll do the. All right. I guess I'll do the romantic comedy. I guess. Okay. So I married an axe murderer. Mike never Myers. I've never been a
0: huge fan of it. I've only ever seen. I don't even know if I've ever like watched it all, but it used to come on like Comedy Central. Okay,
1: forget it then. If you, uh, cool Runnings. We'll do Cool Runnings.
0: Oh, cool Runnings is great.
1: Uh, yeah, Cool Runnings is great.
0: It's not as good as Mrs. Doubtfire, though.
1: I've only seen it like once or twice, and I saw it for the first time in like 2014, which is insane.
0: And those are just such heavyweights of 90s comedy, a little bit more 80s with John Candy, but like definitely trails into that. But, you know, you've got like Uncle Buck, then you've got Cool Runnings. He was in Home Alone with a small role. Man, I I do really love John Candy, but I'm gonna put Mrs. Doubtfire just a little bit ahead of it. I think also, like thinking back, like there's a bit more nostalgia with some of these, and I I definitely saw Mrs. Doubtfire more growing up. That opening scene with them, with uh, where he has like the the petting zoo in the house, Mm -hmm. that that also stands out to me.
1: Okay, so if we're doing, let's say we're doing. 12. Is 12 too many? Should we do 10? We'll do 10. Okay, so you have to pick a spot for these, and you can't move them.
0: All right, so I I at least waited for two, so like, I get to cheat a little bit in that yeah. sense. I'm going to put Cool Runnings at... Okay, is one the best? Yeah. One is going to be the best? Duh. So, okay, then I'm going to put Cool Runnings at six, and Mrs. Doubtfire at four.
1: Okay. That's... Very high um, for both of those.
0: (laughs) I know. I think I'm going to regret the six Uh, with Cool Runnings. I think I can work around Mrs. Doubtfire at four, but I think that six I'm going to end up regretting, but we'll see.
1: I also think you will end up regretting it. Uh, I'm looking at horror movies now. I think I'm only going to give you one from horror movies. And again, it's one that I sort of love a lot and I'm going to go with, (laughs) I'm going to go with the leprechaun.
0: Okay, uh, so we have to, and this is, that's the one with Jennifer Aniston, right? The first one has her Correct. in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not good, but it has like its certain charm to it. And that, that actor who plays the leprechaun has played um, so many roles over the years. <laughs> obviously always uh, as some sort of um, dwarf in anything. And yeah. he played the leprechaun in this one. But I'm going to go low. On it, I'm going to go, I'm just going to throw it at 10. I don't think, I think I can, I think I can justify everything else that's going to come up beating it, unless you throw me a real curveball, but I'm trusting myself to put it at 10.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is an action movie so much as action adventure, but um, Jurassic Park.
0: Jurassic Park is number one. It's the best movie of 1993, hands down, period. It will always be the best movie of 1993. I love Jurassic Park. I love all the Jurassic Park movies, even though they have a real hit and miss style to them. But the first one, one, it still stands up to this day, even with the how far CGI has come and then the practical effects, mixing that in there, classic Spielberg-type stuff. The music is great. Everything about Jurassic Park is, uh, is a perfect film. It's, it is, yeah, it's legitimately a perfect film.
1: Is it the best movie of the 90s?
0: It could be. Uh, I mean, I'd really have to start to look at a list, but I think there's no there's no chance that it's not top five of the 90s.
1: Okay, so that's three, right? Was that three or was that four? That's, that's four. four. Okay. Um, we'll do another. They deem it as a friendship movie. I would think it's more of like a kid's movie, though. Free Willy. You know what? I'm a dick. That movie is about friendship.
0: <laughs> okay, so Free Willy. That's another one that the trailer in like a VHS that I own really stands out to me. And then obviously mm-hmm. with the it going over the kid there at the end. But I was never that big of a fan of Free Willy. I'm gonna slot you? it in. I'm gonna slot it in at nine. Oh
1: my god! I'm just gonna be
0: honest. Didn't don't care for Free Willy. It does not hold any special place wow. in my heart at all.
1: Him him like petting the tongue. Shamu's Tongue, even though his name is Willie, but he's a Shamu, like I would say, if I was three years old, because I'll...
0: You know what I liked more than Free Willy? Hmm. And they're not exactly the same category, but I think you're right. They might be uh, a uh, friendship movie. Um, was it Indian in the Cupboard, where the kid has the special little cupboard and he can make his toys come to life? And one of them is like a little Native American guy? No? You don't know this one? No. It's great. Wow. I liked
1: it. It sounds like something that would never get made.
0: I, I'm not sure if it holds up anymore, <laughs> but I remember liking it.
1: Okay, so number f- six. Yeah. Days and Confused.
0: Days and Confused for me is going to be very high on this list. I've already given away number four. I think I'm going to go n- number two on it for me from a personal standpoint. I mean, this is a movie I'll still pop on periodically whenever I just want to watch a comfort movie that I know really well. The soundtrack is amazing. That's a great part. You've got an early McConaughey performance in it.
1: All right. All right. All right.
0: I love days and confused and I love, you know, I love coming of age movies and this is a a day in the life of high schoolers in the seventies coming of age. It's just a perfect little combo of all sorts of things that are good.
1: It sure is coming of age.
0: Is that a sex joke?
1: I was trying to be. Okay. I will let you pick the next one since we're already at seven. No, I'm going to pick it.
0: So what do I have left? I have five, seven, and eight left, I believe, in yeah. the rankings. Yeah.
1: Oh, gravy. There's so many good movies. All right, uh, right. We're going to go with an Oscar one. And I think... Gravy. where is the title glory i think is 1993 too but i can't find it on this list right now
0: glory's really good isn't it ferris bueller's in it too
1: no no we w- we're not gonna go glory we'll go schindler's list <laughs> oh, go ahead and rank schindler's <laughs> list
0: i'm just gonna i'm just gonna respect it and put it right at five because i can't put it any higher <laughs> and it's- wait
1: what's above schindler's list
0: So we go immediately five Schindler's List, four Mrs. Doubtfire, (laughs) (laughs) because you set up these rankings this way for me. Um, Oh, I guess I did have three. Did I still have three open? I could have put it at three. Let's do that. Let's put it one ahead of Mrs. Doubtfire, then days and Confused. Uh, All right. So.
1: I love that for you. I really do. Maybe I did already
0: say three, but I don't know. So I think I have five, seven, and eight left. I have three more to rank.
1: (laughs) Uh I'm both of these are Disney movies. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a toss up as to which one I want to pick. Both are Halloween movies. Uh
0: I will just tell you right now, Nightmare Before Christmas will be ahead of Hocus Pocus.
1: Okay. So we'll do we'll do Nightmare Before Christmas then.
0: Then that gets that five spot, uh, for sure, for what's left. Um that's another one where the music really stands out to me. Own that one on VHS, I so saw it all the time as a kid, definitely because I always watched it on VHS and maybe sometimes on cable or anything, but you know, you're talking standard definition TVs that I was one of those people who did not realize that, um, zero had a jack-o'-lantern and not a big red nose. Yeah. I always thought it was just a big red nose lit up, which is kind of a Rudolph thing, which I don't know, maybe that made sense to me. I don't know, but yeah, it's a jack-o'-lantern
1: zero. So cute. I love that uh that like theory that zero is the dog from Frankenweenie, and, and I love all this little right? Isn't
0: yeah. it right? It's a living dog in Frankenweenie and, and a skeleton dog in Corpse Bride and a ghost dog in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah,
1: that kind of slaps continuity MCU could never. <laughs> I gotta be honest. No. Ooh, okay, last one: The Sandlot.
0: No, I have seven and eight left, I believe,
1: possibly. Mm, do you?
0: I do really like The Sandlot. Uh, I would put it at seven with the ones left. Um, I don't hate my rankings. You, the, the Schindler's List in the middle is a real curveball, <laughs> and to rank it around all these other ones too that I have like this like childhood nostalgia, nostalgia. for. Yeah. That's not exactly what Schindler's List is about. Because <laughs> um, like The Sandlot, like which one would I rather put on on any given day? The Sandlot. Especially, you know, it's baseball time this time of year, anyways. But like, how do you? So compare, I was. How do you compare Cool Runnings, The Sandlot, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Schindler's List?
1: Well, it was it, it was either going to be The Sandlot, which I think is more of a crowd favorite, or Rookie of the Year, which is also baseball.
0: Rookie of the Year, the Sandlot is much better. What? Um, Hold on. But Rookie of the Year just has certain little charms to it. It's what's so ridiculous. A, what's a
1: better think? movie? Rookie of the Year or Like Mike or what is that movie called? It is Like Mike, right? Where he
0: gets the shoes. Yeah, and... Bow Wow. Um, I like movie. Like Mike better. but, <laughs> but That also... is a
1: better movie, I think. Yeah. There's something about like a 10-year-old whooping ass on an NBA court that is way cooler. Seeing
0: the little kid dunk and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're both like completely implausible, but I actually would lean towards magic shoes more so than.
1: (laughs) As like a possibility. More so than broken
0: arm results in a kid being able to throw a 100 mile per hour fastball. I don't buy it.
1: So it's so funny because like I know that this movie is a Power Rangers movie, but based on the photo, like what the poster is. It has no title. It's just that villain from Power Rangers.
0: Man, I, I if that is the the Power Rangers motion picture yeah. with Ivan Von Ooze and everything, then that completely throws off my rankings. That movie is great.
1: What is it called? It's, you know that was
0: like a tentpole movie? A Power Rangers movie was like, I think it was Fox. It was like their big like summer blockbuster that year. Before superhero movies completely took over. Power Rangers are kind of superheroes, but it's Mighty not exactly Morphin the same Power game.
1: Rangers? Yeah. I Damn. Just... Kimberly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my first crushes. Yeah. The Pink Ranger.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Typical.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. All I right. get it. I get it. Well, maybe in a year we can take a look at the movies from nineteen ninety four and make you rank them. And
1: so, what were the rankings?
0: From what I can remember, it was one Jurassic Park, yeah, one Jurassic Park, two, uh, two Days and Confused, three Schindler's List. Okay, you you
1: don't have to do the rest. I just wanted you to say that. I just wanted to hear that Dazed and Confused was ranked higher than Schindler's List again. You don't have to do the rest of
0: them. All right. Well, that's as much as I could remember. So (laughs) it's getting hard. You know, I'm getting so old. It's getting hard to remember. It's
1: definitely a choice.
0: (laughs) Well, to be fair, I didn't get the whole. This is the whole premise of ranking things in this way, but. All right. Well, thank you for putting that together and
1: yeah, you're welcome. Letting
0: me letting me do those rankings. Um, I'm excited to turn 30, and hopefully, Chops TV, like I said, is around in another year. <laughs> we can do it for your 30th birthday. Should be a fun time. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening once again. I'm Chops.
1: I'm JLo. Send us your tips for turning 30.
0: Yeah. What are as I'm aging? What are things that are going to set me up for success? Both of us, actually, on that matter. Thanks for listening. Made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you.